money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. Great, Mm -hmm. because this is the show where we talk about the hard issues around money and Sometimes when I introduce the show, I don't say that every time, but really that is the the essence of the show is we want to have a conversation. Yes, talking about money because we know that, well, not everybody likes to do that, but we also want to connect that it's not really a hard issue or no, it's not really a money issue. It's, it's a hard issue. It's not about the money. It's not about the money. Did I get that right now? Yeah, now you okay. got it right. So nobody's thoroughly confused? Yeah, they will be. Okay. In other words, it's about the heart. We're ta- we do talk practical stuff. We oh, do absolutely. talk about money. Yeah. And we're talking some practical things today. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's about, it's always about the heart. That there, You can't disconnect money and heart. No. And so if you're just tuning in, lots of ways to catch some of the old shows. Um, We've got them archived on our website and on CHRI's website. So that's chri.ca and morethanenough.ca. We've also got them on iTunes. Uh, If you want to hear them on iTunes, we're on TuneIn. We're on Google Play. And and thanks to some of our sponsors, we, we get to expand our reach. And today's show is sponsored by Brent Vandermeer and uh, the team at Vandermeer, Vandermeer Wealth Management. I've been practicing that. And in fact, we have Brent in the studio with us. <laughs> so as I stumble through this, welcome to the show, Brent. It's a long Dutch name, isn't okay, it? Okay. Well, Vandermeer, it's, it's, the, it's the Vandermeer, Vandermeer Wealth. Wealth Management and Hollis Wealth. So th- there's a lot. It's a mouthful. I think you just change your last name. Like get the Vandermeer out of there and then we're good. Uh, no, what do we I, don't want to do, do that. What do I change it to? Then, <laughs> I don't so. know. So, so can I get back to my okay, intro yes, here? Okay, okay. You're, you're so supposed to be doing the official It's intro. like a six-minute intro, and we're going to run out of time in the show. It's Brent. So. He's, he's here. We're good. Okay. So, but I do want to introduce Brent and his team because, first of all, we want to say thank you for sponsoring the show. It takes money to host the show. It takes money to produce the show. It takes money to do that. And so we, and maybe I'm a little bit biased, but we think it's something that's important that needs to be heard and out there. And Brent, I'm, you know, you're shaking your head yes, because guess what? I think you feel the same way. So I get to say thank you in person. You guys are most welcome. I think what, I don't know how many of your listeners know you. I imagine not that many, but I know you and I know that when they meet you, uh, they'll see that you guys are two incredible people. And so thank you for doing all of this work every, every week. Mm-hmm. It's great. You're welcome. Thank you, Brent. Thanks, Brent. Sorry. So here's a little... Now I'm going to push it back to Brent because Brent and his team help people find purpose with their wealth. And this goes into actually why Brent's in the, sh- in the studio with us and, and why, why we're talking about what we're talking about today. Because this it really introduces the topic of finding purpose with their wealth through mm-hmm. extensive financial planning using unique 
unique because I know Brent spends a lot of time crunching numbers and has his own investment management platform. And uh, and in these crazy times, and we're talking markets and instability and all that, having a financial advisor that can guide you, that has uh, actually put work and, and thought and planning. And, and I know it's not just you, Brent, that mm-hmm. there's a whole team of people that you work with to really help manage the wealth that is your in your your responsibility uh, that's not quite the right word Reb. i'm looking at you for I what's the know. right word but my, my brain's not firing stewardship's one stewardship, that we use yeah. often right oh, yeah. Steward, I, I was going to get to stewardship yeah, but that yeah. was i mean really the idea here is, is if there's any we have a professional steward <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in the studio with us because isn't that a big part of what you do is you mm. manage someone else's resources oh, yeah. right. and we've said that so many times in in the show and in the past that as a general, we are all stewards of the resources that God has given us. But you've actually made a career of managing the resources that other people have. Mm-hmm. And so stewardship is something I'm sure is a is an ongoing, everyday atmosphere and culture that you have in the office that mm-hmm. says, this is what we do. Someone else has brought us money and it's our responsibility to manage it well and mm-hmm. to see it grow. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a big deal. I mean, there's times where I I stop and I look back and I think, how did I get here, right? And uh, you can almost sometimes be a bit of a deer in the headlights when you count the zeros behind what you take care of for for people. But then I look and think, and I look at the path that God's brought me through. And you don't just start where you're where I'm at now, right? You slowly grow into it and mature. And I think God tests you with little bits or gives you the opportunity to work with little, and then He slowly gives more and entrusts more and I mean, we have, we have clients who, when they initially decide to work with us and they say, wow, you're still pretty young. I mean, I just turned 40. Uh, you're still you pretty might, young. <laughs> still pretty young. Um, and we'll get to this later on, but, you know, been in the business for 20 years now. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a long, long time, but they say, you know, how do you sleep at night? Uh, and, and I can appreciate where they're coming from because we see all over the news, the, mm-hmm. the crazy stuff that's going on now being tweeted at us by powers that be in the world and just the chaos is, is overwhelming at times but you know when you um, sit back and realize who owns it all mm-hmm. and what our responsibility is to clients it, it gives some perspective and peace that surpasses understanding right mm-hmm. and we can do wow. what God's entrusted us to do and we just take you know one step at a time and and crunch one number try to mm-hmm. discern what the right thing is 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 to do and, and we've taken some practical steps in terms of setting up our firm too so that we're actually in control of the decisions of buying and selling mm-hmm. and what we're what companies we own what stocks bonds things like that where we're not entrusting it to people that we don't know mm-hmm. on Bay Street, Wall Street, the manufacturing side of our business, we really want to take that control in-house. And it, and it, it benefits clients. It lowers costs. It increases transparency to them. And uh, that helps build trust. And that's a big factor in, in, in what we do for people. And I often say, you know, uh, when we're talking about, you know, money and, and you mentioned the number of zeros and, and I say, well, you know, even, even usually I say it in the context of, you know, people are praying for a, a specific, you know, amount of money. And I say, well, you know, honestly, the rest are just zeros, right? To God. <laughs> I mean, the rest are just right. zeros. So when we, when we look at that, we go, um, there is a, obviously, when we look at a number on a piece of paper that represents a certain amount of money, we think, oh, that's a, you know, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. But to God, 
It's just zeros. And, yeah. and in, a, in a lot of ways, that does bring the peace and it brings confidence mm-hmm. and it brings, you know, a sense of, okay, Lord, let's, let's work together knowing that, that you're leading and you're guiding. Now, Reb, bef- just pause there for a second, Brent. You did want to share a verse. I know you guys in, are going like, this like charging ahead. It's great. Yeah. Um, but I had to. Well, we, we have this loose format. If I, you've listened to any <laughs> of the shows and Reb, you know. And it was getting that. looser. We're like losing our, you know, intention and, you know, mm-hmm. structure. Not. Okay. Anyway, um, I want to direct you to Deuteronomy 8 mm-hmm. this morning. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, although it is worth reading. So go get your coffee and you don't even have to listen to us for a minute. Just or read it later. Um, it, it is just a beautiful piece of remembrance of how God brings his people out of Egypt and why he's done it and how he's fed them. And it's the passage where we get the verse, man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I don't know if people understand that the verse that Jesus spoke in the temptation mm-hmm. desert mm-hmm. with the devil is based in Deuteronomy 8. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've always loved um, since starting my own journey with More Than Enough is in, um, uh, I'm just going to read it from verse 15. God led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. And I remember Rick Harper speaking on this passage a long time ago in a church, and it really brought me a lot of peace. Some of you you know, are going to hear this radio show and think, I don't have the kind of money that Brent needs to invest. I'm, you know, I, mm-hmm. Often we talk about debt on the show. Today we're talking about having more and what do you do with it. But remember and don't be discouraged that God has given you the ability to make wealth in your context, in your circle, and it is zeros. Just because someone has a few more zeros doesn't mean your work is any less valuable. And one thing that David and I are realizing that the spirit of the world, the spirit of mammon that we talked about with Ray a few weeks ago, Mm -hmm. will tell you you're not valued Mm -hmm. because the because the system of our world says you're not valuable if you just work at Tim's or if you volunteer. You have as much value. Oh, stop. Stop. What? If you're working at Tim's, you are a true Canadian. I know, it's and, true. And there's but, significant. No, but I mean like you're not a doctor. So we put value on education and we That's and, and on numbers. And what Brent does, we like, oh, you know, I'm sure you get a certain amount of respect just by saying who you are. Mm-hmm. I know our doctor friends, like – that you know, we know some doctors who are like, "Wow, they really te- treat you with respect." Like mm. you know, and they're like, and he's like, "It just comes with the title." Right. And we're like, "Well, we know you, so you know, we'll yeah. just keep you." You know, anyway. But but the point being, I feel like I need to tell people that today that you are valued because God has given you your own abilities and talents and gifts, and it and it's just zeros. And where you're planted is exactly if you allow God to to use you where you're planted you're just as valuable Mm -hmm. it it doesn't the dollar amount doesn't matter 
and Brent will probably confirm that to us. But the other picture I had, and I'll end with this, is the Go picture ahead. the picture in Matthew 7 where the man's building the house on the rock mm-hmm. or the sand. And having and and how do you build and in in the context of that verse, those verses, God's Jesus says to us, you know, when the storms rise and the markets are terrible or all the winds of the world are changing just like they are now, if you've dug into Christ and obeyed what he said, then you will um, you will stand in the storm as opposed to collapsing in the sand. And one I know one ver I couldn't find it this morning, but there's one version that says, you know, you know, you you are a wise man if you dig deep and build on the foundation of the rock. And and I I'm just thinking about it in terms of our finances and even that the foundation of what you do, Brent, is really in the context, yes, you take care of all these dollars and zeros for people, but the context still is helping people still do that in a foundation of faith and, and, and obedience to Christ. And, and we know you, just like you said, you know, and we just, I, it's wonderful to have a person who has that faith and has that understanding for people who want to do it a stewardly way because mm-hmm. of their faith. But um, I don't know if you have a question to start because I will jump right in. But So I'm going to encourage all, everyone who's listening to read the entire chapter in, in Deuteronomy Army chapter 8. eight. I know it's... Because it, it just so identifies with all the stages in life. I mean, at the beginning of the chapter, he's basically saying, hey, you found yourself in a place where there was no food, no water, and, and I fed you manna, and I gave you water, and your clothes didn't wear out. And your feet didn't swell. And I thought that that's always an interesting. Anyways, we're not going to go there, but read the chapter because then at the end of the chapter, he talks about, and now you're in a plan of uh, place. a place of much, and I'm still God, and I still want to be your God, and I still don't and want I'm you to still replace the source. me. And that's I'm still exactly. the source because the warning in that scripture is, and and it's like building on sand. If you lose me as the source and understand that I'm still the one that gives you the ability to create wealth, mm-hmm. you are building on sand. You're missing it, and it's mm-hmm. going to collapse on you. And I mean, there's lots of historical, you know, sure. pictures of that financially. But mm-hmm. anyway, so so that's just the encouragement to to you know take a moment. Read through Deuteronomy chapter 8. Maybe read it in a couple different versions. It's always neat to, to read in a couple different versions just to see how different people have interpreted it. But to, to recognize that it's all there in the one chapter. And it's not surprising that when Jesus is being tempted by wealth or by moving out of the will of God that he quotes from this chapter. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not cool. It's cool. So cool. Yeah, it's, it's just so cool. So there we go. So <laughs> all that to say, I mean, and we've got Brent in the studio with us, and Brent, as we said in the introduction, is a financial steward. You know, we'll call him a financial advisor here, and in, in that's that's what we it's we the, see the title in this world. But really. You're a professional steward Mm -hmm. uh, of people's finances. And so, you know, one of the things that we wanted to talk about is just how do I find? I'm such a big... No, no, stop first. I want to find out how he became an advisor. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. His story. Like, how did you get into this? Well, I was uh, originally... uh, So, I was born and raised here in Ottawa. And I don't know how the interest grew. I think it was through a friend who had a sailboat. And I, I I won't make this too, too long, but... I wanted to become a sailor. 
Um, so an Ottawa kid mm-hmm. <laughs> becoming a sailor. I don't know. But I, I wanted to design sailboats. I grew wow. up trying to find, you know, that was back in the day when Dennis Connor was winning the mm-hmm. America's mm-hmm. Cup and all those boats were just incredible to me. And so engineering is where I started. And it was uh, 1997. Uh, I took my OSAP money that I got to go to school and I invested it. And if you recall then, that was uh, that was the tech bubble. And basically, you could throw a dart and find anything that was going up and it <laughs> went up. And I remember tripling my OSAP money. Maybe not the right thing to do now that I look back, <laughs> but uh, I paid off the loan and I kept the difference. I thought, And I thought, well, that was kind of cool. <laughs> and, uh, wow. So I, I was starting to sense that I, the business and world, like market was where I wanted to go. And, uh, I went through a hard time in school then too. You know, the first time where I, I met, met, um, failure basically. And, and, uh, and, but God was directing me, I think, by closing doors and moved me back to Ottawa. And I had a part time job that summer with an investment firm and, uh, I absolutely fell in love with it. And wow. that person gave me the ability just to slowly build a client base. So I, I ended up switching to business. I put, I got licensed pretty early. I think I was 20, 21 at the time. Uh, Finished my business degree at night and started to to work during the day as much as I could, and uh, I was able to work for the firm at the same time. Slowly build a client base without the pressure that um, people would have to do today to to create enough clients or to, to to win over enough clients to work with them to gather assets, basically to get paid. Um, I was able to do that in a nice environment where the pressure was off. And I don't think I would have been able to do it any other way because I'm not a super aggressive person. I'm not a salesperson. Uh, I'm a dot the I's, cross the T's, right. analyze. And uh, so that that really gave me my start and uh, became a partner in that firm and then launched my own firm a number of years ago. And uh, so I look back and I think what I what I, uh, I never wanted to go into this field. I actually thought it was a too high sales. It wasn't in the client's best interest. The, the products that were being sold were not always great. They were expensive and low return, but I fell in love with meeting with people. Um, I've wow. always been a people person. I sat around tables and every single client that came to see us was a different jigsaw puzzle, right? And wow. I could sit and look at the pieces and say, okay, what do I do with this? Right. And, and there were hopes and dreams and the conversations I'd have with people is what I really fell in love with. And then every day I got to look at markets and investing and try to figure out. So I basically married that whole excitement of doubling, tripling my money in tech stocks with the relationship and the goals and the plans and all the different pieces of people's financial puzzles. I got to put them both together in a business that, you know, 20 years later, that's what gets me up every morning. I love it. I get to have mm. relationships with my clients that are deep and meaningful and beyond because just Because you're talking tran- to them about what matters to them and yeah. then and then they're entrusting this yeah. money to you to invest it. What, what, what tends to happen on that point, Reb, is that money is kind of like the signal, right? Like it's yeah. not usually the issue. It's just giving off a signal of underlying stresses or issues, right? right? And it quickly comes to the surface and we get to talk about really what is the struggle or what, what is the goal, the what's fears. their fear. And money's not really usually it, right? Because no. it can be very few zeros or many, many, many zeros. The issues are all the same. So Dave was talking about finding purpose. I mean, that's that's been my guiding sort of principle in this firm. It's not about trying to manage as much money as we possibly can for people. It's about for each and every person that comes to us, we help 
whether they know God or don't know or don't believe, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Uh, we try to find what their purpose is for that money. We try to give each dollar a name. We, we, wow. we, we decide, we try to, to help them decide, why do you, what are you doing this for? Why are you saving or why are you trying to grow this, grow this capital? And everybody's purpose is very, it's very different. different. Which so, is the puzzle. Yeah. But, but then it goes back to what Dave, I had cut Dave off and asking, you know, if people are out there thinking, I need help with, mm. how, who do I talk to? How, who do I, how do I find someone who cares about my purpose? Mm. Well, I think like before the show, I was saying, oh, that's a hard question because I don't know, right? Like I've, I've grown up in this business slowly learning about the financial world mm -hmm. and it wasn't something that I grew up knowing about. And I think that's people's struggle a lot of the time is they don't know how this financial industry works. We have this sort of blind trust with our banks. That's okay. I mean, it's not going to hurt you too much. But at the end of the day, there's stuff you don't understand about the cost you're paying and um, what the true advice is. And are they selling a product? Like, is it their own in-house manufactured mm -hmm. product that they're selling? And there are great people in that space. So don't get me wrong. I mean, the the intent, the heart of the person really matters. And but actually, then if I can interject, what I find talking about banks, uh, that's that's part of the issue mm -hmm. is, is that you find somebody who you connect with at a bank, at your bank, and you're like, you know, hey, you, you know, you start developing the relationship, and because they're good, mm -hmm. they, they go. move up, right? Sure. <laughs> they, they get promoted, and you come back six months later, and there's somebody else across the desk from you looking mm -hmm. at your portfolio for the first time, and yeah. and you're going, well, where did so and so go? Yeah. Well, they're good at their job, and they got promoted, and you're like, oh. Shocks, you know, yeah. and and I think it, just by by way of model, that's what I've always observed about the banking model is is that the good people end up either promoting themselves right up to a place mm -hmm. where where you don't really aren't able to connect with them, or they go through the banking and say, well, you know what, I I want to connect with the people that that I started managing and they start their own firms. Right? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. It's and a, and it's I mean a I've talked to, to lots train. of yeah, <laughs> lots of financial advisors and that that seems to be a little bit the progression is is hey, I got into this as a job and then I found out that I really like this part and I got promoted right out of the part that I really love and mm -hmm. I had to circle back around and and opening my own firm was yeah. was the way it goes. So But last time you were here, I don't mean there's sometime last year, we were having similar conversation and you have a, a sheet that mm. you give people, right, about finding an advisor? That's right. Well, there's there's a number of questions that uh, we put together um, just on a one or two page sheet that just says, here's all the things you should ask. Mm -hmm. Now, I find a lot of people probably don't even know why they're asking, but it's things like, you know, what's the true cost? Um, uh, is there a fee that's visible? Is there therefore also fees that are invisible, mm -hmm. embedded inside of mutual funds or exchange traded funds? And do I get uh, charge to trade? Is this a commission account? Or mm. um, and and it's all varying. Uh, I guess it varies based on how much money you have too, right? What kind of platform gets gets offered to you? Um, but the, even stepping back further from that, um, I find a lot of people don't understand even the financial system as we know it. Like what is money? What is currency, right? Uh, well, what are stocks? What are bonds? But it's getting more and, confusing because mm -hmm. now you've got the Bitcoins and you have like- Oh, let's I, not even go there. I know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I just, I've lost, you lost me sure, because, and sure. we're like, I'm like the average person sure. in Canada. Mm -hmm. And like, this is just getting crazier and crazier yeah. to navigate. 
So the average person should disregard that completely <laughs> if they're just learning about it. I mean, it's fun. It's interesting. It's exciting. But uh, and it for brand, <laughs> if you want to geek geek out on all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. but I mean, I've been I've been following that probably for six seven years, right? And yes. it's, I'm fascinated by it. And I think there's not actually cryptocurrency itself, but I think the blockchain that powers it is going to be a a, a revolutionary change in how we. It's kind of like how when the internet launched back in the early wow. 90s, we didn't, many people didn't appreciate what that would do to change our lives. I think block, blockchain has potential to do that as well. But the point being, even stepping back further, why are we, what are we investing in? What does investing do? What's the purpose of buying a stock from a com- company? What is that? Does it represent ownership in the business? And what am I buying? And what's a bond? Oh, I'm buying a company's debt or a government's debt. Okay. What does that mean? And what's the purpose of all of it? Right. Yes. And I think one of my, Maybe I should have been a teacher too, but I love if people have time to sit. And one of my weaknesses is I take too much time, I suppose, but I love it. I love educating people on what's the, what are all the building blocks behind this? And we'll work through a discussion on a fictitious company and it's growing and it has to raise capital and what are the ways in which you can do it? And oh, it's selling a stock or mm-hmm. buying or, or issuing a bond debt and to grow and expand. And it's the building blocks of the economy as we know it. And I love teaching that because as people learn, they become empowered. They become more confident mm-hmm. in making good decisions because they understand how it, how it works. Mm-hmm. So those those questions that we, we give to people and say, hey, go out, interview four or five firms, mm-hmm. advisors, um, Use these questions as a guide. Write all the answers down and don't let the advisor guide the discussion. Mm-hmm. You answer, you ask the questions and you write each one down. Take mm-hmm. control of that interview process. But then also use your heart, right? You, you need to discern, are you, do you trust this person? Do they have a, a good heart, right? And most people can sense that, I think. And personality and, types, right? Yeah. You can't find a personality and, and that's and what's, that's really what's too. so key, right? Because I mean, the reality is is that there are different personalities, and you will work better with mm-hmm. one person than another. Right. And it may be just simply, I got the the perfect answers or the answers that satisfy me from the twelve questions or whatever they are from three different people. But I gravitated towards sure. this one just because of personality, or maybe you know, again, there's there's competence, and then then there's the 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 actual just hey, I just like this mm-hmm. person. We just connected. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, and I think that's really important because again, if I'm if one of my financial uh, pillars is to make sure that I'm a good steward, but I realize that I don't know what I don't know about mm. what to do with the yeah, extra, you don't what know to do what with, you don't know. with the extra. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I'm going to call you up, Brent, and I'm going to say, Brent, we need to have a conversation because I've got X number of dollars that I want stewarded well, and I see you as a good steward, as somebody mm-hmm. who can actually help me do that. Okay, let's let's get on with the whatever it is we need sure. to do with that, right? And so I think, you know, as we come to the end of the show – there's a lot lot that we've been talking about but really it boils down to if the if the money that God has deposited with me and 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 I'm responsible to make sure that it is used for his purposes often I need help from people outside to do that and being able to you know interview some financial advisors as you said take control you are the interviewer mm-hmm. take control of that and and to say all right let's let's work together and recognizing that in the end 
It is God that gives us the ability to create wealth. Mm. And so whether that's through hard work and the initial, I'm going to do it, or then we take that money and begin to invest it in, in, again, sometimes things that we just don't really understand, but that's okay. I see that picture of um, the wise men building the house on the rock. It just hasn't left me this morning and how a, a person like Brent or I mean, mm-hmm. any anyone in different spheres, but in this financial sphere, um, he comes along and and he hands you the tools and yep. he hands you a cup of water as you're digging and building what what you know you need to do with the Lord. And when you can have someone trustworthy that's handing you the right tool and handing you that cup of water, yeah, and, and, and if we you, use that metaphor, yeah. there's framers, there's foundation yeah. guys, there's finishers. There's, yeah. I mean, in the contractor world. Uh, there's very rare that one guy does it all, mm-hmm. right? The, but the, but that's the, what you do is come alongside people. And, that's what I am basically, yeah, right? Is right. the guy who looks out there and says, "Here's here's the framer we're going to use. Here's yeah. the plumber, the electrician, yeah, and it's, and it's, I monitor all that for yeah. people." Yeah, neat. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got to wrap it up today. Thanks again, Brent. You're going to be back for another show, week. I know. Next, next week? week? Next week already. Well, that'll oh, be fun. man. <laughs> already. You. Okay. So we got Brent back next week. If you need to re listen to this show, because there is a lot of stuff in there, more than enough.ca, the chri.ca. The shows are archived there. Podcast on iTunes. If you do listen to iTunes, please leave us a, a re- review. We love it. And then, of course, we're on. Spotify. Oh, we're getting on Spotify, but we're on Google Play and TuneIn and all all kinds of places to reach us. So thanks again, Brent, for being here and thanks for sponsoring the show. Thanks for having me here and thanks for all your work. It's great. And join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.